Welcome to my mommy's podcast. This episode is sponsored by Fabletics, my current source for all my gym wear. In the last six months, I've discovered several new types of workouts that I am loving, from group classes focused on flexibility to high-intensity work and even underwater weight and breath training. I have been loving trying new things, and Fabletics has active wear for all of it. I pretty much wear one of their pieces every day. And their mission is to make affordable, high-quality workout wear available to all of us. I love being a VIP member, which unlocks special benefits. And here's how it works. When you go to fabletics.com forward slash wellnessmama and take a 60-second quiz, it matches you with a showroom of styles designed for your body and workout type. And before I forget, Fabletics is offering listeners of this podcast an incredible deal that you don't want to miss. You can get two leggings for only $24, which is a $99 value when you sign up as a VIP. All you have to do is go to fabletics.com forward slash wellnessmama to take advantage of the deal now. Again, that's fabletics.com forward slash wellnessmama to get two pairs of leggings for only $24, which is honestly less than the price of a sports bra from some other big name companies. There's free shipping on orders over $49. International shipping is available because I always get that question. And there's no commitment at all with your first order. So here's a tip. Make sure that you enter your email address when you take the quiz so that you'll get notified about new styles and specials. I have found out about some amazing sales through that link. And I also personally recommend the Power Hold leggings, which are awesome for everything from lifting weights to yoga. So again, check it all out at fabletics.com forward slash wellness mama. This podcast is sponsored by Genexa, a line of organic and non-GMO medicines that are also free of dyes and common allergens. They have homeopathic over-the-counter formulas that taste great and work really well. One that is really popular with moms is called Laxaid for kids. It's a natural pediatrician recommended and approved constipation relief formula without the harmful additives found in some other formulas. They also have their own organic formulas to help with everything from sleep to allergies and sore muscles to colds and everything in between. You can shop their full line of organic and non-GMO medicines by going to genexa.com forward slash wellness mama and using the code wellness for 20% off of your order. Again, G-E-N-E-X-A.com forward slash wellness mama with the code wellness in all capital letters to save 20%. Hello, and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com, and today I am joined by Erin Alexander, who is a manual therapist and movement coach who has helped the world's best athletes, celebrities, and everyone in between to relieve pain, increase strength, and optimize their movement. He's truly one of the best that I have found on this topic, and I have been trying various aspects of his approach. He's the founder of the Align Method, which is an integrated approach to functional movement and self-care, and it's helped thousands of people to relieve pain and move optimally in daily life. And in this episode, Aaron and I go deep on ways to incorporate optimal movement into your daily life, what we can learn from our kids about movement, the real deal with sitting versus standing, and how the body holds emotion and tension. Super fascinating episode. Aaron recently also interviewed me on his top-rated podcast called the, called the Align Podcast, which I highly recommend, and you can hear my interview on that podcast and find the link in the show notes at wellnessmama.fm. 
Erin also got me way out of my comfort zone right before this episode when I got to try acro yoga for the first time. So super fascinating episode, and I can't wait to share it with you. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you for being here. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me over. You're coming into my sauna. Yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) So I guess, okay, to start, Erin, welcome. Thanks for being here in your own house. Yes, very nice. I'm happy Um, to be here. (laughs) And for background, for anyone who doesn't know you, I feel like I should say I first met you at Paleo FX when you were in some grass doing all kinds of weird movements. Mm. And um, then, just now, you hung me upside down and did all these crazy things. So I feel like we need some background on you. Like, what is it? What is all of that? Mm. Well, um, so my background originally started off with training, you know, so helping clients get more muscle essentially and lose fat and get six packs and all that stuff. And I was speaking to you before of like previous history was a lot of insecurity, which manifested itself as packing on lots of muscle. And along with that muscle, I wasn't, I didn't have much awareness of the, you could say like the mechanics of the movement. It was just packing on slabs of meat as protection, you know, and then eventually if you go down that direction long enough, um, the organism starts to fight back, you know, and so that manifests itself as more anxiety and um, injuries, joint dislocations, back pain, like all like pain in various different parts. And then that led me into being more interested in how to put the parts back together. You know, and so now that's kind of what I'm the most enamored by, you know, so that got into, you know, studying psychology and got into rolfing, structural integration and different forms of body work. And now here we are, we're on, we're doing it. What kind of psychology did you study? Oh man. So I just basically like I was in, I was at university of Hawaii and was just taking, taking whatever courses they were offering. It wasn't like a specific one that I was specializing in. I'm enamored by, by just the way that the, the, the mind works. In general. Interesting. Was there a self-help motivation at all without getting, I mean, if that's okay to ask, um, with psychology? Because I know I, I use that analogy a lot. I say, you know, I hear that people go into psychology to try to figure out what's up with them. And I went into health to try to figure out what was up with me. Yeah. I'm curious, was there like something you were searching for? Yeah. You know, I think there's always been, I was talking to um, Aubrey, you know, Aubrey Marcus, we did a podcast recently. We were talking about you know, I, I feel like everybody has this like internal kind of like seed that they want to kind of get out of them, you know, and if you don't have a vehicle in order to, to express that thing out, then I think that chaos, internal chaos can start to ensue, you know, and I, I think I've always kind of felt that way as I think most people would, you know, of having something inside of them that they want to, they want to get out into the world, you know, and I think that I didn't really, I always felt very bound in my own body. You know, and we were talking about before, if you're bound in your body, you're, I believe that you're bound in your mind, you know, and you can start to tap into the physical structure via the way that you think and the way that you feel. And you can tap into the way that you think and the way that you feel via your physical structure. There's a quote from Ida Rolf. She said, uh, she's the founder of Rolfing Structural Integration. She said, we work with the body because it's what we can get our hands on. You know, so... But what she meant with that is that you're working with the whole human, you know, so when you put your hands on somebody's body, you're, you're touching their whole story, you know, and the way they hold themselves in space is a representation of all those other different layers of themselves, you know, and I, I just, I think I was just kind of frantically reaching for anything that would allow me to understand how to express better. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, and, <laughs> yeah. and there are books like um, The Body Keeps the Score. Uh, and, you know, Bessel van der Kolk. So good. He's great. But in, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but there's so much now about realizing your emotions and your mental state can express in the body. But you actually phrased it the other way, too, when we were doing the body work, that you, you can actually work on the body to help the emotional, spiritual state as well, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. So you've basically like figured out how to integrate the psychology and also like the body work together. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm working on bridging that conversation for it to be a more common thing. Like if you think of just for example, of like the way that we think and how that's associated the way that we you know move in our bodies, <clears throat> there's a chronostasia. You're probably familiar with the term like that because you're like good with all the, the books and the learnings and such, but it's essentially, it means like time travel. You know, it's something that we do, you know, regularly. You're thinking about the past or you're thinking about the future and, you know, you're stressed if you're thinking about the future and you're depressed if you're thinking about the past. And when you are in that, doing your chronesthesia dance and you're looking forward, it literally starts, that's all that, it's that tied into your sensory motor system and it literally starts to lean your body forward. You know, and when you start to think about, oh, you go back into the past, you know, oh, remember those times, your body literally starts to drift backwards. You know, it's like, oh, crazy. So your physical body, it's even, you know, it's almost like a compass. You know, and your body, the way that you, as you, as you change the ticker of your physical structure, it, it, it literally changes the direction of your thoughts. Similar thing happens with uh, memories. You know, so when you are sitting in an upright position, you are more easily able to access positive memories, positive being like quotation marks, you know, because like it's, it's relative to what you consider to be positive, but like feel good times. And when you're in a hunched over position, it's easier for a person to access more of those like negative and quotation marks memories. So you're always playing your mind via your physical body. And I think oftentimes we become so myopically focused on like, what do I put into my mouth, into my face as a means of changing my, my gut biome and changing my neurochemistry and such? It's like, dude, you can change your neurochemistry just by standing there differently. You know, and if you can start to spill some of those principles of like, oh, what does it mean to stand well? What does it mean to sit well? What does it mean to breathe well and have like, you know, awareness of my breath? We don't ever have those conversations in school. So it's like, to me, it's just like this huge gaping deficit in our healthcare system is the way that we inhabit our bodies from a movement perspective and the way that that affects all the other layers. So give some examples of that, like the ways that one could stand that would be beneficial neurologically. Sit on the floor. You know, so right now as we're we're in the sauna, we're starting like already get the, get sweating and such. I'm going (laughs) to take a little sip. Um, You know, so spending time on the ground it doesn't need to be the, the actual floor. Like it could just be like sitting on the couch or a raised surface or whatever, as though you're on the ground, you know, cross your legs up, put yourself into like a, you call it like a 90, 90 position where both legs are kind of going into, um, you know, like a 90 degree angle, you know, any one of those essentially yoga positions, you know, as you're doing that, you're bringing your legs closer to your heart. So you're making it easier for circulation of blood through the rest of your body. You know, so that's better for digestion. You know, we've been eating on the ground since forever. You know, it's a very brand new thing for us to not be sitting around a fire, sharing food and sharing stories and eye contact and touching. And like, this is brand new that we're in these isolated little containers and we're sitting 
in these chairs, you know, at 90 degrees with our hips, which is the only range of motion that we're going through most of the day because your car is the same, your office is the same, the workout machines that you're at the gym, they're all the same. They're practicing that same position. It's a simple act of just literally get yourself a comfy rug, get yourself a couple like Moroccan poofs, you know, or some floor pillows and spend more time on the ground is, um, I mean, it would be billions of dollars of healthcare, the effect that that would have. You know, so osteoarthritis is, you when you look at cultures in like Northern Africa, um, Eastern Mediterranean, Southeast Asia, they have minimal to no incidence of osteoarthritis of the hips and the knees. Hip disease, like re- or replacing your hips, that's like a, a manifestation of us sitting on chairs all day. And that's rampant right now. It's on the rise drastically, right? It's continuing to rise, as is incontinence. It's not being able to hold your own urine in. You know, like that's not just like a natural, like, yeah, of course you got a body. At some point you're going to start peeing your pants. Like, no, (laughs) no. Okay. Let's talk more about this because most of the people listening are moms. And so this is like a normal thing. A lot of people experience after having a baby. Yeah. Um, It's not something I've experienced, but I know I've heard from a lot of women who have. So is this, um, is like the pelvic floor responding? I know obviously pregnancy itself is a stressor. That's a little bit outside your normal day to day, but is the body responding to like a movement pattern that happens during pregnancy or are there things women can do to kind of undo that damage? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, the, the body works in such a way that if you create imbalance at any level, you'll create imbalance throughout the rest of the system. So the body, if you are imbalanced in any level, then that will trickle through the rest of the system. As you're sitting in a chair and you're kind of tucking your pelvis underneath, it's like essentially like Imagine you're swatting your dog with a newspaper because they did, you know, they peed on your rug or whatever. That's kind of, that's a pun, I guess. What do they do? They tuck their tail underneath and they go into that kind of like defeated position, that same position that we're in chairs all the time. That position literally structurally, it puts your lower back in an imbalanced place for if you want to like pick something heavy up off the ground, it's like it's creating instability around the sacrum and the low back. The shape of the L5, S1, the lower vertebra down there, they're literally the shape of like a, a wedge or a wedge shape. And then as you get up higher into the vertebra, they become more like a puck shape. So like once you get up above that L5, S1 territory, you want the spine to be kind of long and stacked around that L5, S1 territory. You want to have your butt kind of coming back a little bit, right? So essentially it's like, it's called anterior tilt of the pelvis or like J-Lo booty. You know, you want your butt to be kind of coming back a little bit. And what that does you're starting to get into you call them your your indigenous movement patterns. You're getting into like your indigenous structure. And so when you put yourself into that position, so you're sitting on the front edge of your sit bones instead of rolled, tucked under into that like sad puppy dog position, you're balancing your low back and you're also starting to open up those tissues around the pelvic floor. So instead of those, those pelvic floor muscles being kind of just like stuffed up in a corner and and you're not being able to actually fully go through their full range of motion, you're starting to open them up into that full elongation. And then you compound that with going through a full squatting range of motion, full lunging range of motion, getting up and down off off of the ground, as I, as I think everybody needs to be doing. It's like just like a no-brainer. Um, you're taking all those muscles through their full range of motion. And as you're doing that, you're healing those muscles and you're healing all of the fluids that they're containing. You know, So that's your pelvic floor. It's like the base of your visceral system, your organs. So if there's imbalance, clenched tension in that area, that's going to affect the flow of fluid through the rest of your system. And it's also going to affect your ability to engage those muscles correctly for you to not pee your pants. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> which makes total sense. Which yeah. makes total sense. So your, your muscles need to go through a full range of motion in order for them to function optimally. And if you don't take them through that full range of motion, they'll start to, you know, atrophy, you know, and that's what we're doing. That lines up with what I've heard from some like pelvic therapists as well, that like when you just focus on one aspect, like Kegels, that Kegels, like, yeah, exactly. you're like tightening the same muscle. Whereas if you compare it to like your arm, if you've like trained your bicep and that's the tight part and your solution is to just keep training your bicep, you're going to actually, and I'm not a physio physiotherapist, yeah. but like you're going to actually make the problem worse well, Yeah, because it's about balance and elongation and like a lot of other factors besides just tightness. Yeah. So you're taking that system that the, the, the baseline of the system was imbalanced because the position that you've been in for the last X amount of time. And then from there, you're just adding this new pattern on top and you're saying, cool, the whole structure is in a state of imbalance. Now let's just start contracting this one specific spot because we read in, you know, some yoga magazine or something like that, that we need to tighten that muscle up. So instead of looking at it from the place of like, once the whole body comes online and it's in more of a, you know, a balanced state, all the muscles are able to start to function and sequence together. It's like a beautiful orchestra. You know, so if your orchestra was out of whack and you're like, okay, well, I think we need to just focus on the violinist. You know, they're just going to put all the energy into the violinist. Like everyone's just, it's full cacophony. Orchestra is just not, like we won't get the music at all. But I'm going to sink a hundred grand into the violinist and get him the best lessons. And we're going to sort this thing. You come back, violinist is amazing. You know, but like the whole orchestra, it still doesn't play. You know, and so our bodies are built to play like an orchestra. And there's really simple things that we can do that essentially like coach up the whole team. You know, but sitting in a in a in a hunched over, you know, your your dog, you're getting swat with the paper, and you like squeezing your kegels. Um, that's not bringing the team together. Okay, so let's. <laughs> I want to go deeper on this concept, and I hope that you will take this not as an insult and as a compliment. But um, I feel like watching you, you move like my kids as a child, which right. is, I consider a good thing. Cause like, I've always, I've had six kids, so I've gotten to observe a lot of child movement and they squat perfectly from the moment they can stand mm -hmm. and they move all the time. They don't sit in one position for longer than like five minutes. Yeah. They're constantly moving and shifting and getting up and down. Um, and I'm guessing that that's probably something we are born with that we're good at. And then we lose it because we sit or because of lifestyle factors. But what are some of those patterns? Like, how do you make the whole team work together? Yeah. Well, so squatting is a huge one, you know, so going, making it so that throughout the day you have opportunities to squat down on the ground. Like when you pick something up off the ground, for example, you know, that's a, a perfect opportunity for you to go through this archetypal range of motion that's served your physiology since the beginning of you having a body. If you look at any animal, they're like getting back on their haunches. You look at any child that's like a huge component to their develop their development as they're going from, you know, being a fetus into like an adult. Without that position, it's associated with all sorts of neurological problems. Like you're you're integrating your your brain and your body through those movement patterns. You know, so when you have an opportunity, just pop a squat. You know, and for most people, they're going to need help with that. You know, so something they could do is they could raise their heels up to start. You know, you could see throw your, your heels under a couple books just to raise yourself up a little bit. And then as you come down to that squat, you'll notice it'd be a lot easier for you to maintain, you know, better form. So like a longer spine and keep the knees from collapsing inward. Um, lunging all the way down to the ground whenever you can. Hanging. You know, there's a whole book called uh, Shoulder Pain by a guy called Dr. John Kirsch. I, I, I cite in, in, in my upcoming book. Um, 
And he, in there, he's an orthopedic surgeon, he claimed that 99% of the patients that he would see for chronic shoulder pain, that he just, them going through this hanging protocol of just a minute and a half each day, um, ended up reducing their pain down to zero, which is like, sounds pretty outrageous. But the book, I mean, check the book out, check the guy out. It's like, I mean, it's been accepted by a lot of really smart people. And yeah, I mean, it's like, I've experienced that in my own self from just spending some time reversing that pattern of shoulder impingement. Because what you're doing is you're walking through the world, you're immediately rotating your shoulders, you're in this hyperkyphotic spinal position, you're in that forward head posture. So not only does it not look very beautiful, but it's also impinging all that connective tissue and the nerves and the arteries and all that stuff in and around your neck. It's like a highway. And so when you start to let those creep forward, 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 it literally pinches down on your nervous system and pinches down on your on your cardiovascular system, on your circulation. And so the simple act of just reaching up and grabbing a tree branch or getting yourself like a, um, a pull-up bar and put it in between your office, you know, in a doorway. And just as you walk through, just a little, oh, like allow that length to happen through the shoulders literally changes the shape of your shoulder girdle. And from what John Kirsch, orthopedic surgeon, shoulder pain, um, he said, he said 99%. I find that like hard to believe, but that's what's, that's what he states in the book. Wow. When kids naturally do that too, they're, they're on monkey of bars, course. they're climbing trees. Yeah. What about inversion? Cause that's the thing that's had, uh, you know, some time in the spotlight recently of hanging upside down. Is there a benefit to upside down hanging? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All of it, you know, bringing new blood back to the, back to the brain, you know, and bringing it back to the heart and bringing it back like, away from. So think as you're standing around all day long, you know, like we do, we're standing or we're sitting, blood is just pulling up in your lower compartments. And so anything that allows that reverse to happen, to repurify your blood, get it really pumped back through the heart, getting rid of all that old lymphatic fluid. And that's the stuff that's just gunking up in your lower compartments. Do anything. <laughs> and yes, like that's good for you. Um, I think people should grab a yoga swing. Um, it's like a really simple thing. I have one hanging up in my living room. And it's just like a, essentially like a silk thing that you have hanging from your ceiling and you pull yourself up into it and open your legs and, um, essentially like hang it like a bat. Um, I find that to be amazing. So it's really helpful with decompressing the low back, decompressing, you know, the whole spine, um, and just getting those fluids circulating back in the direction that's, you know, better than just them just festering in your feet. Yeah. When I got advice once, I don't know how scientifically sound it is, but that just by laying at night with your legs straight up against a wall yeah, that's at like what I was say. 90 degree angle, it has changes in your cortisol, your sleep. I notice better sleep from it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're also elongating your tailbone. You're also, you know, so a lot of those muscles in your low back, they chronically end up getting. So when I was saying previously of like the L5S1, it's a you know, shape of a wedge. So you want to have a little bit of that tilt with the pelvis. You don't want that that forward tilt. You don't want that forward tilt to go so dramatic that it puts you into it's called a hyperlordosis, where essentially like your belly's flayed open and your and they call it rib flare. You don't want to be sounds like Ric Flair the wrestler. The Ric Flair, <laughs> familiar with that? Maybe I think his name is Ric Flair. Anyways, that's remnant of my like. I have to look it up and show notes. Yeah. <laughs> I used to collect uh, wrestler cards when I was a little kid. I didn't even know there were wrestler cards. <laughs> there were wrestler cards. <laughs> I used to collect baseball cards. I'm a total baseball geek, but <laughs> I collected baseball cards too, actually. Who's your team? But oh, who was the team? I like the Yankees, but that was because of Seinfeld. 
Oh, yeah, fair. You know, George, he worked for the Yankees. That was a big deal. (laughs) But yeah, the wrestler cards. I used to have a picture of Carl Malone in my bedroom. This huge (laughs) 6'9 man just like staring down at me while I slept. (laughs) 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 On the bottom it said, the mailman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Was that his like wrestler nickname? He's not a wrestler. Oh, I don't know who he is. Katie, Carl Malone. He's a basketball player. Oh, okay. See, basketball's gosh, not my strong it. sport. I'm going to have to like, I won't edit that out. I'm going to be vulnerable. No. <laughs> Better not. Um, okay. So back to the yoga swing thing. Because I will oh, say yeah, right. from a parent's perspective, this is one of the best things you can do for your kid's mental state. Totally. So we have them in every one of our kids' rooms. Amazing. We have yoga swings, yoga silks, and rings. Cool. Um, and they, if you don't give them tons of screen time and they get bored once in a while, they will spend a lot of time upside down on those things. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can probably speak to this too, but I've had people on before who talked about the vestibular system and how kids, but adults too, are not getting enough vestibular input of right. movement and being upside down. And it actually has psychological consequences for our brain and especially for kids for development. So mm. good to do for adults, also really good to do for kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you become your environment. You know, that's the, that's the thing is like the environment that we're in presently for the most part you know we outsource most of that movement that's crucial crucial for your own neurological development it's crucial for your you know your your body development and we've i mean it's amazing that we've done it like we've gotten to a point that you can literally lay down on your couch you seen the movie idiocracy no you haven't i'm getting all these ideas oh my gosh idiocracy i hope i'm sure many people have watched it essentially idiocracy is like it's a parody of what the United States could look like after, um, I don't know what year it is, sometime in the future, like pretty far in the future, after we outsource all of the need to essentially like have any intelligence or have any physical capacity. And it's just, a you know, what that would, what you would expect that to look like. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, but it's a comedy. And so I'm going to crack this, crack this guy a little <laughs> bit, feeling it. What were we talking about? The swings? Oh, so we become our environment. So yes. because we outsource all of that precious movement that is the foundation of our humanity. You know, all of those different movements. It's not just movement for movement's sake. It's movement to literally feed your biology. If you don't have those, those you know, certain, you call them like archetypal movements in your day-to-day, parts of your body will not be fed. <laughs> like you need to feed all of you. You can't just work on the biceps and the triceps and the pecs. Like your whole entire system wants to come online, you know, and most of the, you know, the, the strongest people they have really, they have a lot of strength in their back, their hips, their butt, you know, those muscles that you don't actually see. You know, and so it's, it's kind of like an interesting metaphor. I think that to be a really truly strong person and to feel strong in yourself, you need to work on the parts that people don't see. You know, and all you do is focus on the superficial aspects that everybody sees. It might work for a little while, but eventually that system will fall apart. You know, and so a lot of the the parts of you that people don't see, such as like being able to squat down on the ground and have like the hip mobility and have, you know, strength from the hips and a hip hinge and, you know, be able to just have right mobility over your head. You know, all those positions, they're foundational for the function of your whole physiology. You know, but they don't seem so sexy right away. But as far as like in the long term, they're like they're the foundations of you. What I'm saying is that our, we form to our environment. So if you want to change yourself, start looking, observe your environment, see what would this environment create. Typically, if it's a couch, you know, and a big table 
and a big flat screen TV and some chairs around a bar and granite floors, you know, and that's your house, what would that create? Nothing wrong with it, but typically it's going to be a person that, you know, hunches over a couch and stares at a screen and then maybe goes, gets a drink of alcohol and, you know, sits on the chair and hunches over and that position's associated to, to literally feeling depressed. Depression is the number one leading cause of disability worldwide presently. That's like a new, it's a new thing. It's a pretty big deal. You know, and so we don't look at, we're looking at it from, oh, it's an EMF thing or it's a nutritional thing. Oh, too much sugar. It's oh, sugar. It's killing us. You know, it's like, dude, what about mechanically your body is in a position that tells your own nervous system, your own physiology that you, that you lost <laughs> when you were in that hunched over position. You know, there's a study from uh, Harvard, Amy Cuddy, that really popular Ted talk. I'm sure you've seen. And he talks about like being in a power pose, you know, so when you're in that upright stacked position, you know, arms up overhead, you go the super one pose that's shown just after two minutes, they did saliva samples and they, they found that cortisol levels decrease. They found that testosterone levels increase. Uh, and then the inverse happens when you go in a hunched over kind of position, you know, so all of a sudden, oh, I'm hunched over and now, you know, now, okay, well now testosterone goes down, stress hormones go up because literally those are integrated patterns throughout millennia. That, okay, when Katie's in this oh, position, it's like, okay, she either, you know, lost or she's defending. When she goes up into this upright position, it means there's nothing to defend. You know, I feel safe. I can expose my vital organs. So that's tied into you saying, okay, cool. Like, let's juice her up with some, like, winning hormones. That's amazing. And it's actually measurable, like you said, in that study. Yeah. And so is it really actually that simple as just having ways throughout the day to consciously change your position and change your posture? Yeah. And like I think building it can from be. there, is that? I think it can be, but I think that the tendency oftentimes for people is if you just change your posture and go like more upright like that, um, oftentimes you'll just hide imbalance in your lower back, you know, so you'll pull your shoulders back, you know, but then you're just, your low back blows out in that hyperlordotic position I was talking about, you know, so something like you mentioned, spending time on the ground. You know, and like put your feet up the wall and start creating that length through your posterior chain and start finding your breath into your low back and into your belly, you know, and you could, uh, something people can do, you know, right now is bring your hands around the sides of your ribs and start to just feel like down low in your like low, low rib territory. That's around where the diaphragm wraps around. Start to feel that diaphragm expanding outward with your ribs and really start to feel your diaphragm come online. And if you can do that you almost immediately start to feel your whole body start to downregulate and calm down and go into more of that like rest, digest, repair type mode. You know, so that would be like simple things like that, I think create long-term effect. Whereas if you just, all you do is just, you know, raise your arms up over your head and kind of do like a little wiggle, it's going to be really helpful. But I think that, you know, maybe seeing like a, like a, a manual therapist of some sort or a physical therapist, somebody that can kind of teach you, some proper functional lifting techniques they can start to reintegrate those movement patterns in your body changing your environment so you can spend more time on the ground is a big one changing your environment so that you have so you can hang regularly is a big one learning how to hinge from your hips do you know about hinging from your hips i don't think we've talked about this yet i don't know i oh, hope i can hinge from my it's hips it's very big deal everybody <laughs> can hinge from their hips but whether the people do or do not is is different you know so most people when we're in that like watch somebody pick something up off the ground for the most part they're going to kind of hinge more from like their thoracic spine area 
you know, so you kind of hinge in around like the shoulder, like between the shoulder and the heart area, and the hips are just offline. You know, so most of our life comes from working through this like thoracic territory. Meanwhile, the hips, that's the most, it's the strongest, most robust, robust joint complex you have in your whole body. You know, your glutes are just like full power. You know, and if you look at any, like the athletes that we pay to watch do their thing, you know, dancers or football players or hockey players or whatever, the reason we're paying them just to watch the mechanics of their body, which is what we're doing, is they're really effective with using their hips. You cannot make it through any demanding sport and not learn how to effectively use your hips. You know, and so if you could take those same principles into how I cut a cucumber in my kitchen or how I pick my kid up off of the ground or, you know, how I get in and out of my car, you can start to insulate yourself with some of those, those health benefits of, you know, like an Olympic athlete might get. You know, so learning the process of just simply like, I mean, it's really, it's, it's pretty simple. You just point your butt back behind you. <laughs> so it's your, if you come into a squatting position, you just bring your butt back, you know, and imagine your, your, your hips is kind of like an angle. So you're kind of trying to um, have like a sharp angle with your hips. And if you go into a squat position, you want to be able to look down and see your toes would be a nice little like mark that you could have. So if you can see your toes, it means your knees aren't going in front of your feet, which means your hips are going backward. So your butt should go back in space. Like I, I, I describe it as like, imagine you have little antennas on your butt cheeks and they're like curious about the world behind you and they're reaching back, 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 back. As you're going into that squat position, your spine stays nice and long. The booty goes straight back behind you. The knees stay on top of the feet. That simple practice, um, that'll spill into everything that you do. And you can start doing that while you're working around the kitchen, while you're picking your kids up off the ground. You know, common household activities can relate to bigger, to bigger outcomes. Yeah, I was just thinking through the practicality of that when you were saying, like, I think how many times a day, not quite as much now with a three-year-old, but I pick up a child, I pick up something off the floor, yep. I pick up food, like, out of the pantry, on the ground, anything. Yep. It's constant. So, yeah, if you just change that one movement pattern, you've actually changed, like, 200 movements in a day, not just one movement. And that, for people that it, like, really matters, say, um, I was just talking to a friend, um, he plays for the Colorado Avalanche. He's actually over here. We were doing the, the cold plunge and all that stuff. And we were talking about like when you're at such a high level with athletics, you know, where it's like you're being paid millions of dollars for your body to perform. <laughs> like that's what it is. You're essentially like a piece of meat. And they're like your body needs to perform, you know, or you're off. Yeah. And when, when that's the case, like we don't, we don't have that so much in typical day, day-to-day life. Like we can allow a lot more money on the table i think physically because you're like oh, i'll just keep i'll just get through it you know but when you're in that position where it's like you're literally like you know in some case almost like your life is on the line if your body doesn't perform right um you start paying attention to where can i pick up some of that extra change any place that i can you know and something that he finds valuable with that is paying attention to his mechanics so that he can start to make more of his day be one of training so that when it comes down to game time, it's not just like, oh, I got to like put on like hockey, you know, self. It's like, no, no, no. The whole day I were, were opportunities for me to cultivate all these same mechanical principles that make me a better hockey player. You know, so you can do that, like you're saying, like as you're working with your family or 
cooking vegetables or whatever you're doing. Well, and I think the other important part of that is not separating movement in its own category because I feel like that's what we do in America a lot. It's like we have life and then we have this like small part of life called working out and that's where yeah, we're going to move. Exactly. And then the rest of the time we're completely sedentary. Even I've seen studies, the most active, active quote unquote people that work out for an hour a day, which most people don't even do that, yeah. but they're still not doing the right amount of activity the whole rest of the day. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, have you heard a woman called Joan Vernicos? She does, mm -hmm. um, she works with NASA. She does their, what is her title? It's something like, she does the healthcare of the astronauts, you know, so okay. she's, she's looking at what's, the, what's the health of them, whatever the, a fancier title than that would be. I don't know. Fill, fill, in, <laughs> fill in the blank. Um, and she's been doing that for longer than anybody. I think it's been like something like 30 years she's been working with them. And in that time, what she's seen, one of the things that stands out for what she's seen um, is that they need continual exercise while in space compared to front-loading it or back-loading it. Like you, think of it as like drinking water. You, know, you wouldn't drink – you might have read this. I think this was in the introduction of the book. Um, but you wouldn't back-load your water intake for the week on Monday – with your friends, you're going to stand around and we're just going to pound as much water as you can. <laughs> right. You know, and you're, oh, right, you know, you're squirting water around, like having like a water war. And then the rest of the week, you're like, cool, I got my water in. It's going to dry fast for the next seven days. <laughs> dry it out. <laughs> you would not do that. Right. You know, and it's the same way. Like your body literally responds in a, you know, in a similar fashion of like your movement is nutrition. Your body needs movement to function on a regular basis. And with the astronauts, what, what Joan Vernico, she has got a couple books. One is like, I think the one's called Sitting Kills. I have them both sitting over here. Sitting Kills, the other one is like Move Your Body, Save Your Life or something. Anyways, what she found with them was that if they did the backloaded movement routine, aka what most people do in daily life, will hit up Equinox for 45 minutes, three days a week or whatever. And the rest of the time, it's just like, essentially sitting in a chair focusing on making money for a lot of people. Maybe, hopefully, hopefully some people have transcended that, but that's very common, you know, and, and then we think that we can do that. But what she found is astronauts that did essentially that similar pattern, they'd go into this rapid aging. You know, so when you're in space, all the, the deleterious effects of zero gravity, essentially it looks like you just become really old really fast. Well, and cellularly, you do. They did that. They had the identical twins. Did you read about that? One was an astronaut and uh -huh. one wasn't. And the one from not only looked visibly older after spending time in space, maybe yeah. on the space station, his telomeres had aged, like his cells had aged mm -hmm. really drastically and they were identical twins. Yeah, bones become brittle. Like it's a, your, your, your muscle gets replaced with fat. You know, so that's what happens. You know, so space, I think it's it's kind of like essentially it's what's happening here. It's just timed up times 100. You know, so you can see those similar patterns, and that's why Joan Vernicos's books, you know, Sitting Kills, I forget what the other, I think it's Move Anyways, check check them out. We'll put those in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. check them out. So, so, but within that, that's like, that's her, a, a main part of her whole, like, thesis in life is like, we need continual perturbations. We need continual, you gotta, you gotta rock, keep on rocking the boat, <laughs> keep on rocking the boat. And then within that, I think you can become kind of like an obsessed weirdo with always like fidgeting and being that guy. Like maybe that might look like me every once in a while, but I, I'm trying to get better with that in that you can be in a strong sitting position and be completely still. Like I did a, a Vipassana meditation recently 
um, what, like five months ago. Are you familiar with that at all? A little bit, but explain. So, Vipassana meditation, be... essentially you sit in place. Um, it's like a 10-day meditation retreat, and pretty much all you do for 10 days is literally just sit in a room in meditation. Um, so, you do, you wake up at like 4 in the morning, and then you do like an hour sit, and then you kind of take a little break in between there. You go for a little walk or whatever. It was around Joshua Tree, so it's just like cactuses and lizards and stuff. And, you know, so you take your little stroll and then, you know, you hang out for a little bit and then you come back and we do another hour sit. And it's essentially just like that schedule the whole day. Wow. It was very interesting. You know, but in that, that time frame, what I found was, for one thing, I had like pain in my body, my spine specifically, that was there for, you know, pretty much as long as I can remember. And through the power of sitting, you know, which is pretty antithetical to most of what people in like my position are like, sitting's going to kill you. It's the new smoking. It's like, no, 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 no. Like sitting is a part of your humanity. You're a sitter. You know, you, you sit, you squat, you use the bathroom, you know, you mate, you go for a walk, you forage, you reach up into the tree, maybe you climb it, you come back, you do all that over again, you click sticks together and make some fire like all those patterns like that's like you're a sitter you know as you're making that fire you're squatting or you're sitting on the ground as you're doing so what was i talking about i got all excited about <laughs> <laughs> well you were talking about your meditation and sitting and it oh, yeah, the med- the meditation. <laughs> <laughs> so sitting is a part of you like you gotta sit so within that you're gonna spend so much time of your life sitting you need to figure out how to sit so the way that you could sit well is the same thing we were talking about before with it with uh, the pelvic floor stuff is get yourself into a position so that your butt's a little bit raised up off of the ground or your chair like sit like there's nothing really wrong with chairs it's just that we do it in such excess that they become a problem you know it's like the the poisons in the dose you know so we've have such a super massive dose of sitting in that chair position that now it's super toxic you know but if you start to pull yourself back away from that then the chair's like it's really no big deal you know, so a sitting position that's of benefit for your body, that actually heals your body. There's a guy called Philip Beach that, um, what's his book called? Muscles and Meridians. He calls it archetypal postures of repose. So like repositioning yourself. You know, so like when you're resting, that's a part of your movement practice. You know, so we're paying attention to the deadlift and the snatch and the, you know, whatever exercises that you're doing, we're paying such acute attention to like the mechanics and all that. Yeah, exactly. Sure right. Yeah, totally. And then we're like, cool, sick guys. We, we knocked that 45 minute super hydration session out <laughs> and now I'm just going to stop paying attention. It's like, what? what are you talking about like your your body is continually constructing itself all day long it has no idea whether you're in the gym or whether you're in the office or whether you're at the yoga studio or wherever you are it just knows that you're inside of you you know it's always you have the the fibroblasts and the the osteoplasts and class and you have these little cells that are building you up and breaking you down all day long you know and you're the foreman of your structure So as you're sitting at your house, you know, working on the computer or checking Instagram or, you know, writing something, you are literally, I, you could conceive it as though like you're at the gym because you are, you know, your, your, your body's constructing, constructing itself. You know, so something as simple as just getting on the front edge of those sit bones as you're sitting down, um, will align the rest of your spine, which aligns your nervous system. 
which puts you into a place of like, oh, cool, like I'm winning, I'm doing well. Now, when your spine, that central column, your central nervous system, if you have a like a, a local curve there, like a forward head posture or like a like that hyperlordosis of the lower back like we were talking about, it literally starts to downregulate the power that you can distribute through, through your whole nervous system because it doesn't trust you anymore. So if you put yourself into that strong, stacked, neutral spine, your body's like, cool, we can go full power. The second that you compromise any link throughout that, that system, your body says, whoa, 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 whoa back down, <laughs> you know, like we, we, like, we can't go above 4,000 RPM or he's going to blow, you know? So throughout the day we're practicing those imbalances and then we're expecting for our bodies to be successful in like sport or even conversation, you know, body language. Have you ever heard of Albert Morabian? No, you're telling me all these new ideas. <laughs> all right. So Albert, Mora- Albert Morabian is, um, he was another another researcher that he he found that this rule of body language it was fifty five thirty eight seven rule and so fifty five percent of our communication comes from body language so this is Moravian I think he was he was one of the fancier universities was like Harvard or Stanford one of those guys fifty five percent of of it comes from body language and that includes like um, the color of your skin and just like we're we're seeing you. Um, not the color like your race, but the color like if your you know, pupils, or, pupils yeah. are dilated or your face is red or whatever. Um, and then 38% was the tonality. Mm. So when somebody fights, all of a sudden start talking like this and I start going really fast, you're like, you're like, you're like, oh, what's going on? You know, I mean, now it might be a little bit, you might be like, okay, you probably did some drugs or something. But, <laughs> but um, in general, you'd be like, okay, he's nervous. You know, he doesn't really feel confident. He, you know, he's making me uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, and then 7% is the actual words are coming out of your face. You know, so as we're communicating to each other, what we're actually saying to each other is the tone, the pacing of our language, the way that our body moves, like that's what we're really listening to. And what he found with that, with the, the, the 55, 38, 7 thing, it's 55, 38, 7 if there's incongruency. So if there's incongruency in, in what I say versus what I, my tone and the way that my body reacts, then you will not believe what I say. Mm. If I am congruent with that, then cool, we're on board. You know, and you can start saying some kooky stuff and start being like a, a cult leader. You know, people are like, I trust him. You know, he's, he's, he's congruent. You know, the words that they speak, their tone and their body language are congruent. I think they're onto something. Interesting. That's really fascinating. Okay, so you're talking about that, and you've used sitting as an example, I think, several times, which makes sense because that's the biggest movement pattern that we do in modern society. But that applies to anything, right? Because, for instance, um, where we met at Paleo FX, I was standing 12 hours a day on concrete floors holding a 30-pound purse on my left side, and my back got really mad at me for a few days because that's a non-natural movement pattern. So even though I wasn't, you know, sitting, which is bad, I was standing, but I was like... Sitting's not bad. No, I know. I was being sarcastic. Um, But I was standing, and it still had a negative effect because I probably was doing one thing too much and not doing it correctly in some way by having a purse on one side or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the simple fix for that, which is pretty revolutionary is to take a knee. Hmm. Oh, actually, you did that, I think, while you were <laughs> talking course, to people. Of course, I'll do like... it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. 
And people like, you know, thankfully for me at this point, that's like an on-brand thing for me to do. Right. No one flinches when you're it's like, on, okay, we're talking, but I'm just going to squat for a second. It's on-brand for everybody, though. <laughs> like, you being cognizant of how to take care of your physiology as you're doing the work of the day, it's pretty cool. So, if you're a person where it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, because I want to stay engaged with this conference thing, I'm just going to maybe form some blood clots in my legs and you know, it's like it's because i really care it's like it's like you're sacrificing your precious physiology to stand in in place you know for whatever the thing is the conference in this case that's insane that is insane actually yeah when you put it like that and we're at a conference for your health <laughs> that is the irony under fluorescent light staying up too late everybody drinking alcohol yeah yeah you know and so the reality like at any one of those conferences like one of the healthiest things that, that could possibly happen which might be a stretch you know but and realistically actually much cheaper um would be to get everybody out in a park you know like a concert you know like a, people going to concerts and parks and such like that would be bar none the healthiest health conference you've ever been to the one where people bring blankets and they bring their own food and you know they hang out and there's somebody clever up on stage talking about you know what why the world's coming to an end and why they need to eat more omega-3 oil or whatever you know and meanwhile expert can say whatever they feel like but i'm like healing myself out here i'm exposing myself to that sun because my eyes to the sun i took my sunglasses off which all that's associated to producing all the neurochemistry that makes you feel well you know, so we're getting all that sun. Maybe I take my shirt off even. I get sun on the rest of my body. You have photoreceptors throughout your whole entire system. You know, so it's not just your eyeballs that receive light. You know, and then maybe I get down on the ground because I brought a blanket. You know, I didn't bring a, a chair. I just brought a blanket. It's way more efficient. You know, and I come down and I'm sharing and I'm, and I'm touching my, you know, my friends and we're, you know, pushing on each other and maybe we do, you know, whatever pop a squat, do some yoga, you know, like that would be a health conference. But instead it's, you sat in a plane, you hunched over in this position, you got bombarded by all sorts of radiation and stress and all that stuff on the way, on the way over there. And you sat in an Uber, same position. Then you go back to your hotel, you're tired, you lay in your bed. That's three and a half feet up off the ground. So you never actually need to go through full hip range of motion or ankle range of motion. Then you call an Uber with your cell phone, more radiation, blue light, whatever. I'm painting like a very dismal picture. Right <laughs> um, Uber back to the place. You shuffle and you stand in place while you wait in line to get your ticket. And then you sit in that exact same position and watch somebody talk to you about health. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you don't though you stand outside in the sunshine and I stand outside make everybody move yeah well and in line with that so there's been all this media attention in the last five years of like first it was you know sitting is bad again air quotes um, yeah. so then everybody moved to the standing desk and then they actually did the research and they're like wait turns out if you just stand all day it's actually not any better than if you sit all day yeah right and so I'm curious your take I could guess that maybe the answer is don't have a standing desk or a sitting desk just get rid of the freaking desk but mm -mm. No, I think both is good. So, so standing's fine. One, if you do have a standing desk, one, it's just going to be kind of more expensive, you know. So, I recommend getting like a low table, like a Japanese style table, or any chair is the perfect height of a floor sitting table, you know, and propping your butt up, sitting up on you know a couple cushions or a yoga block, putting your computer up on top of that chair. Now I'm literally in you know a sukhasana position, you know, where I could straddle my legs and go into like a straddle you know position and. 
be mobilizing my hips, making circulation work for me as I'm in that position. So I'd recommend getting on the floor, stay in desk, make sure that you have something to kind of toggle your feet on, you know, so you can bring your feet up on like a little step or you can bring like, you get crazy and get like a rock, you know, and take your shoes off and start doing some reflexology on your foot as you're standing in place. Your body just needs adaptation. So if you stand in place as you're at work in your hydraulic standing desk, and that's the end of the conversation. Yeah, it's not much different than sitting. You're going to burn more calories. Um, so there's that. But you still have just blood and lymphatic fluid and all that stuff just pulling up in your in your lower body. You know, so really what you need is you need to have that gait pattern. You know, Or get your darn legs closer to your heart like the rest of the world's been doing forever if you're going to actually spend an extended period sitting. If you do that, and that's what I was getting at with the Vipassana, you know, that's... My body felt better than it ever has from any of the crap that I've done. And I've done like at this point, like I've professionally been doing the crap, <laughs> receiving the crap, like all the different, like name a modality. At some point, I've probably exposed myself to it in some way, you know, from like body work and stuff like that. And never have I felt anything as impactful as sitting with myself for 10 days straight, which is like, oh, okay, well, that flips a lot of the belief systems that I had before that upside down, you know, because I was kind of more from the thought of like, oh, you need to foam roll it out or, you know, myofascial release ball it out or band it out or whatever. And the reality um, that I learned from that, one, sitting is not going to kill you. It's the way in which you sit. And the other big thing is that I think that, that pain and you just call it pain that you have in your body. I don't think that it's purely a mechanical thing. You know, I think that there's there's a deeper conversation there that uh, if something as simple as me just sitting in place and just sitting with my thoughts and allowing them to, to go through and, you know, be okay with that and allowing that to go and go and go until finally, like, my thoughts became tired, you know, and they're like, okay, like, I'm going to, okay, I'm just going to sit down, you know, and then my whole nervous system start to, to calm from that and the, the pain that I was experiencing to, to dissipate. I'm like, oh, crap. Maybe there's something, maybe there's something more like emotional to this pain that people experience. You know, over 80% of, of Americans experience chronic back pain in their, in their lifetime. This episode is sponsored by Fabletics, my current source for all my gym wear. In the last six months, I've discovered several new types of workouts that I am loving, from group classes focused on flexibility to high intensity work and even underwater weight and breath training. I have been loving trying new things and Fabletics has active wear for all of it. I pretty much wear one of their pieces every day. And their mission is to make affordable, high quality workout wear available to all of us. I love being a VIP member, which unlocks special benefits. And here's how it works. When you go to fabletics.com forward slash wellness mama and take a 60 second quiz, it matches you with a showroom of styles designed for your body and workout type. And before I forget, Fabletics is offering listeners of this podcast an incredible deal that you don't want to miss. You can get two leggings for only $24, which is a $99 value when you sign up as a VIP. All you have to do is go to fabletics.com forward slash wellness mama to take advantage of the deal now. Again, that's fabletics.com forward slash wellness mama to get two pairs of leggings for only $24, which is honestly less than the price of a sports bra from some other big name companies. There's free shipping on orders over $49. International shipping is available because I always get that question. And there's no commitment at all with your first order. So here's a tip. 
make sure that you enter your email address when you take the quiz so that you'll get notified about new styles and specials. I have found out about some amazing sales through that link. And I also personally recommend the power hold leggings, which are awesome for everything from lifting weights to yoga. So again, check it all out at fabletics.com forward slash wellness mama. This podcast is sponsored by Genexa, a line of organic and non-GMO medicines that are also free of dyes and common allergens. They have homeopathic over-the-counter formulas that taste great and work really well. One that is really popular with moms is called Laxaid for kids. It's a natural pediatrician recommended and approved constipation relief formula without the harmful additives found in some other formulas. They also have their own organic formulas to help with everything from sleep to allergies and sore muscles to colds and everything in between. You can shop their full line of organic and non-GMO medicines by going to genexa.com forward slash wellness mama and using the code wellness for 20% off of your order. Again, G-E-N-E-X-A.com forward slash wellness mama with the code wellness in all capital letters to save 20%. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that is there's everybody thinks it's got a mechanical thing, like a disc is out or a vertebra. Yeah. But they've actually, when they've done scans of people, yeah, tons of people have discs messed up and don't feel it. Nothing. And then other people have normal mechanic. Excruciating pain, fibromyalgia, yeah, just freaking out. Yeah, so what is that pain? I think people, I mean, it's like, it's like a really, it gets into like a philosophical question. You know, in the Vipassana, they call it samskaras. And that's like, if you sit and your body starts to send you this pain signal, like at one point I was sitting and I felt like my hip was going to be like, need to be like amputated. And it was just like, oh my God. Like I was like, I am almost certainly doing permanent damage right now. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to sit through this samskara. And they, they describe this samskara as being essentially that like emotional resistance starts to come to the surface. And you, if you sit with yourself long enough, you'll feel all of these kind of emotional burbles like coming up through and now, okay, here's, here's the one that's on the surface and it's manifesting itself as this place is stupid. I need to leave. This teacher doesn't know what they're talking about. I don't like myself. I don't belong here. My shoulder hurts. Like any resistance. And that's like, oh no, that's that deeper thing. It's at the surface. It's it's speaking. You know, and if you just allow it to, to speak what it needs to say and kind of go, 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 eventually it'll talk itself out and it'll kind of, you know, move. And so I had that, that a, a sensation. For some people, this might resonate directly. Some people might be like, well, this guy's insane. Um, but that's okay. I'll risk it. Uh, so I had this sensation of, of hip pain and lasted for maybe like 25 minutes or so. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where it just felt like it was like a sheet, like someone was piercing my hip with a, like a hot knife. And all of a sudden, it just, it like, it felt as though it was like a, almost like it was like an icy orb or something. And it like moved from my hip. And it moved in around my sacrum and it moved all the way up my spine, up, 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 and then moved out into my shoulder. And then I had like some shoulder junk, you know, I had like dislocations and problems there, like tension around there. And it wanted to move through my shoulder, but it wasn't quite able to make it through that channel. And it got stuck in the shoulder and then I had shoulder pain. But the hip pain, I thought, this is it, <laughs> you know, never walking again. <laughs> Literally in an instant, hip felt completely clear, best it's ever felt. And now my shoulder hurts. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, 
all right, I got to rethink some things. <laughs> <laughs> you probably had a lot of time to do that over 10 days. I had some time to do that, yeah. <laughs> well, and you have this whole movement around what you call floor culture. And yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit because you, I noticed, do not have a normal, normal quote unquote kitchen table. You have like a coffee table in your kitchen. Yeah, right. So I'm assuming well, you eat on the ground. I eat on, like, the, ground. on the ground. Yeah. 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 It's the way. Yeah. So it's, again, it's just that your environment forms you. You know, so I have in front of the coffee table, you know, I have like cushions or whatever. Right now, I just have a foam roller because that's what actually what I like to use more. I don't expect for everybody to do that. I think that might be a little weird. I, you know, for most people, I'd say like get, I think the Moroccan poofs are really cool. You know, like make it cool and sexy and fun and comfortable. And, you know, you want to like hang out with your friends. Don't make it be like, you know, aesthetic, you know, I'm living an aesthetic lifestyle and nobody wants to hang out with me. And I just live in like my blank apartment. Like, don't do that. It's <laughs> not what I'm suggesting. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm aware of the way that my my home formed me. So I have a cold plunge freezer sitting directly in front of my door, you know, and I have a sauna sitting directly in front of that, and I have a low table that I eat at. So I'm always anytime I eat or work on the computer or whatever, I'm essentially doing yoga. Like that is a yoga position, you know. And so a similar thing in front of my my kitchen sink i have like a little a little like mat thing that has different shapes and stuff on it so i can kind of balance around on that as i'm like washing dishes i have the yoga swing hanging up in my living room i have a pull up bar hanging up between my bedroom door so every time i can walk through there i can just do a little hang and breathe into that same area that i encourage people to breathe into earlier yeah it's I mean that all minus the sauna you know cut out the sauna part it's that all costs with the freezer 900 bucks 800 bucks you know and that's like if that's in your environment each day your body will change more than any equinox membership or whatever you would ever get because that's your life <laughs> you know like like the tidal wave that is the way that you inhabit yourself in day-to-day -day life will always trump the workout membership thing that you have you know, and so that's kind of the way that I'm looking at it is like, how can I make more of my life be such that, you know, it, it makes me a better person just by me being in the room. You know, for most people, we, we kind of just allow, we're like dust in the wind, you know, and we allow our environment to form us in these positions. Meanwhile, you know, all the medications are going through the roof. All the pains are going through the roof. All the depressions are going through the roof. So if you allow yourself to just get pushed in that, I would be surprised if anything other than those situations manifest themselves. You know, so it's like change your environment up. Yeah. Or like we were talking about <laughs> earlier off the record, like just spend more time outside in general. Yes, it's free. It's free. You don't everything is free. The things that matter are free. You know, like there's not a good affiliate code for like steamed kale you know, right. or, or sunshine or like friendship or yes. taking a walk. Yes. Or yes. Any of those things, making eye contact with the person at the register at the supermarket, having a moment say, how are you? And I'm like, Fuck, no one's ever really asked me like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like, how are you doing? Good. All right, cool. Sweet. No receipt. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, like every one of those people, it's like, it's always an opportunity because as you're connecting with somebody else, you're connecting with yourself. You know, so every single moment that you have an interaction with someone else, it's literally an opportunity to fall the freaking icy cube that's around, speaking for myself, your heart. You know, and so that's what I was doing with, with packing on all the muscle stuff. 
and packing on, you could say, you, you say you like protect with like with brain stuff. You're like, I do the same thing. You've just done a better job with it than I have. Well, I think you've done a better <laughs> job with stuff. the muscle side. So we're like, equal out. <laughs> we're even out. You know, but that's what I was doing is I was just, uh, just protecting myself. And I think at like a deeper level is protecting my heart, you know? And so you can look at that. You can look at your environment. Like everybody is a teacher, you know, when you're walking down the street, every single person that you come in contact with is an opportunity for you to connect deeper, I think. And that doesn't mean like you need to give everybody a dollar and you need to like listen to everybody's problems. No, but I feel you. I've always had that motto that you can learn something from absolutely everyone. 100%. Yeah. And I think a lot of people listening have kids and they're great teachers. Oh, man. Kids are the best because they don't have all the all the the twists and the knots and the filters and the and the bullshit. You know, like that's like all the things is they're, they're all, they're all knotted up in identity and what they think they're supposed to be like and what their, you know, how much money they're supposed to have and what the, their girlfriend's supposed to look like and their boyfriend's supposed to do for a living. And they're like, it's all just freaking stories. Right. And they come out, like we've talked about already, moving really well, expressing their emotions. I mean, two-year-olds are masters of expressing their emotions. Certainly. Granted, we can tame that as we get older, but like, yeah. I feel like we forget that. We forget how to actually well, that's the problem is, have the, emotions. is the taming of it. You know, that's what we were talking about before as we were doing some, some body work stuff is that, you know, the Awakening the Tiger, Peter Levine, amazing, amazing, amazing work in trauma. And he talks about, you know, when an animal goes through that fight, flight, or freeze, you know, freeze that immobilized response to stress, too much stress. They'll go into a point where they like, kind of conk out like, okay, I'm just playing dead. Meanwhile, there's a whole hurricane going on inside of them, but their body just immobilized, stopped. You know, so it's like the gas pedal and the breaker on at the same time, just full force. And when they come out of that, they go through this tremorous release thing that we would look, it would look very strange for you to do that in public, you know, but meanwhile, that tremorous release, if you stop that, then during, during that process, then the animal has to pack it back in. So they're purging that energy, you know, energy being like the stress from that situation out. It looks a little funny. If you stop it from happening, they put it back in. And then from what Levine says, and I'm I'm in agreement with, it's just hard to really isolate and pin down and say, like, this is the double blind study. This is what happens. But I feel strongly that that's the foundation of a lot of problems. <laughs> you know, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever's problematic, you know, disease or stress or headaches or sleeping disorders or fill in the blank thing. If you at some point had some traumatic things happen in your life, which everybody has, even if it's just like being in the, the zeitgeist, you know, of experiencing the trauma of the, you know, if you're a sensitive person, you're, you're tapped into what other people are experiencing as well. You know, so if you have some stuck stress inside of your body, that's not being moved and you're living in an environment that's inherently essentially like a dam, you know, because you're just damming up all of those joints because you're not taking them through their, their full range of motion, that struck stress will do what a dam does. Or those dams will do it, do what dams do, and that stress will just build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, until eventually you have like a real problem on your hands, and then you potentially seek out some type of maybe like allopathic, you know, medicine type thing where it's 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 working on the symptom, but it's not actually looking at like the root root root, you know, down there of like where where are these dams? Where is all this blockage coming from? Yeah. And I think we're only beginning to maybe start to scratch the surface of understanding this. Like, I think, yeah. yeah and I think that's going to be really fascinating next, you know, 10 to 20 years as we learn more and like are able to actually like work through 
these things both societally and, and as people like you doing this and actually helping people through it. Yeah. And people and yeah, I mean, people like you too. And, you know, just have people listening, you know, having those conversations and a lot of the stuff that I'm aware of the, the last two minutes or whatever, that little like, you know, monologue rant of energy being trapped in the body and that manifesting itself into some form of disease. I'm sure a lot of people would potentially be like, well, that's just woo woo bullshit. but the fact of the matter is like science for science to make it into a into western medicine into a doctor's office there's something like a like a 30 year gap oh absolutely you know so this the information that we're getting before it's like good it's it's in the textbook it's like dude we're 30 years behind yeah when if people question that i always remind people go back to when they didn't think it was important to wash your hands before delivering a baby or doing surgery yeah, exactly. after doing an autopsy like they used to laugh yeah. at people who suggested maybe we should wash our hands like there's no reason to do that what is it called smig sigmund weiss smell and weiss sigmund weiss what's his name you remember his name come on yeah yeah i do but i remember come on ah oh, i was just thinking about this this morning and actually, in this that case, midwives were the ones going, hey, maybe like we should wash our hands. Yeah. So that guy ended up Mullenweiss, Smiggle, Sniggleweiss, Smiggleweiss. <laughs> we'll look it up. It'll be in the show notes. Shoot. Oh, it's going to come to me. Um, he ended up going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he was like Semmelweis. There you go. So it's actually called like, um, I think they have a term for it. It's like Semmelweis syndrome or something like that. Essentially, it's like, you know, I think that's a big part, like being willing to be a person that steps out of the norm and says like, this is what I'm feeling. <laughs> you know, like, I, like I know that most people aren't really in agreement with this, but I'm like, I think this, there's something to this, you know, and, and really just sticking to your guns, like Semmelweis, that's what he was doing. He's like, dude, I think we're killing people. Yeah. I'd be like, no, we are the medical model, sir. Right. They were like, you are crazy. Like, we you have are the white coat. one codes. person. Right. That is crazy. Yeah. We're the whole structure. Mm-hmm. And we're killing people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's so like to have, to, to be willing to be a person that's having those conversations, you don't have to have some big platform or whatever, literally just having those conversations with yourself. Yeah. Or with people you care about in your life. Or people you care yeah. about in your life. You know, and I think, I think that with that, like, that's really what changes the grander zeitgeist of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm paying attention to, and everybody knows, like, you vote with your dollars. You know, paying attention to the programs that you tune into and the, you know, the, the places that you donate money to and the food that you purchase. Like, those are the things that actually matter. You know, the things that you talk about. Don't talk about people. Yeah. Stupid people talk about people. Yeah. You talk know, about talk- ideas and... <laughs> Yeah. Don't invest yourself in that. Yeah. Well, I think this is, I I feel like we've already burned through all of our time, but um, I'm going to have to have you back on because you have a book coming out that I got to read a little bit of. And so I can't wait to share that again with the audience. Do your people know that you can read a book in like a like couple hours, hour and a half? I don't really half? talk about myself very much. So. Crazy. <laughs> oh my God. So we were sitting in my living territory, in the living room, I like a living territory, um, and Kay's reading through my manuscript, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, at my level, the amount of time that you would have had, you would have been able to read, like, the first two paragraphs of the introduction. And she, like, was able to bang out, like, the intro and the... I, you didn't read the forward, I'd imagine. No, I read through the first chapter. Okay. And the first, like... I'm just, I was in awe of your capacity to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious what the other 
treasures and gifts inside there are that I haven't gotten to see because that like literally blew my mind. Do you know Jim Quick? Yeah. Did you guy. have you guys ever shared reading tales? Um, I've had him on the podcast. He definitely um like I, the reading part I'm pretty strong and I think he for sure beats me in memorization. He's fascinating. I use his stuff with my kids in homeschool. Oh good. Yeah. So you're like a memory person. I hide behind my brain. We can talk about that in your podcast. All right, we'll talk about it. Later. All right, so we got to wrap this thing up, right? I'm sorry. So we're. I will link to all this in the show notes. Like I said, you're going to be back on in, in December. But uh, where can people find you? I know you have good resources on a lot of the stuff we talked about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Align podcast. So if you just type that in, so that's like all the social media and all that stuff. Instagram's my most active one. If people have interest, they can do, uh, and they have interest in like learning the the fundamental movement stuff we were talking about. Um, that's the very first thing they'll see on the website, linepodcast.com. There's the five-day movement challenge. It's just five simple videos breaking down essentially exactly what we're talking about right now. Um, and that's a great starting point. Perfect. And I'm going to start tagging you when I sit on the floor. Hashtag yes, floor culture. Please. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm excited to see that spread. It's so It's so amazing getting pictures back from people. And I got one yesterday. I know we're supposed to wrap up, but I got one yesterday on the Instagram from um, this person that they had their, their, their daughter was like on the side of the wall doing headstands and all this wacky stuff. And they got like cushions on the floor. And I'm like, this is what happens when you get rid of your couch. Their family just starts playing with each other as opposed to it being like, we just kind of you know, morph into just loafing. Totally. Anyways, I have a couch in my place, by the way. I'm not saying you need we to burn your too. couch. But we replaced our coffee table with a rebounder. So that's another fun thing to do. Nice. Yeah, I have rebounders in the book. Get a rebounder for your office. Cool. Well, all those and more in the show notes, wellnesswoman.fm, so you guys can stay in touch with Aaron. And again, you'll be back in December. But thank you today for the time and for hanging me upside down and doing body work. That was amazing. Of course. Thank you so much for doing it. And thanks to all of you for listening and for sharing your most valuable asset of your time with both of us today. We're so grateful that you did. And I hope that you will join me again on the next episode of the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time. And thanks as always for listening.